Turn to uh, your Bibles to uh, the book of John, the Gospel of John, John 2. We're going to read about the first recorded miracle. It's interesting, the Bible says, in a sense, it's the recorded miracle. Uh, he must have done some stuff at home uh, with the beans and... Uh, and whatever, because Mary seemed to know that he could fix this wine problem. You know, they ran out of wine at the party, and he, the 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 marriage reception, wedding reception, I should call it, they ran out of wine, and uh, she volunteered him to fix it. So she must have known something. He he had multiplied the beans or the spaghetti or something, you know, and. Uh, it's interesting that the Bible says that this is the first recorded uh, miracle. And um, so it doesn't mean it was the first one. But it's the first one that's recorded in the Word. Amen? Amen? It's interesting. I don't believe anything, even the order in which the Word is written. Now, I know the books are out of order. Uh, we know that from chronological studies. Uh, the book of Genesis is not the oldest book in the Bible. Uh, Job is. Job's the oldest book, and yet Job's way down the line from Genesis. But I think that the uh, the church, the early church, and the Catholic church, uh, and maybe uh, maybe uh, some rabbis had something to do with the placement of it in a in so that it reads chronologically, historically right. Does that make sense? But other than that, I believe that everything that's in the Word is there for a reason. And sometimes, uh, the order in which it's written in a, in a gospel or a letter or an epistle is there for a reason. Amen? So we learn the concept. You know, some people get all bent out of shape over the most ridiculous things. Uh, I told you one time I was driving home from our other location. We would go up 19 to 54, you know, to go back to where we live and um if you take that route you you'll you go in front of the Elfers First Baptist Church and there were all these protesters out in front of the church and I'm thinking what are they protesting what has this pastor done or <laughs> the congregation or whatever the Baptist denomination Southern Baptist Church you know what have they done that create all this protesting I mean there was a Bunch of people, maybe 60, 70 people out there with, um, uh, signs, you know, that they had made. And it, they were, they were mad because the pastor had read a scripture that wasn't from the King James Bible. We found out there's a denomination called the King James Baptist. Now, God bless them. If you're watching, please don't come over here and protest. Because if you come on my property, I'll have you arrested. I, I'm a little different than maybe the Baptist. I won't tolerate that stuff. We know that we're not here to have a war, amen. But uh, uh, if you're not, if you don't come on the property for the purpose of worshiping with us, then you're not welcome. That's just basically the truth. You have to go do your thing somewhere else, and we'll pray for you as you leave. Hallelujah. But the the uh, King James Baptist uh, believe that there's only one authorized scripture, and that's the King James Bible. Well, the problem with that is it's not original. <laughs> Amen? 
um, the original New Testament, most of it was written in Greek, and that Greek is not even spoken today. It's an ancient Greek. So, you know, we get all bent out of shape. What's the original word for things or whatever? What I'm trying to tell you is um, that is this, that it's the message from particular scriptures and all that needs to get in our heart. It's the understanding of it. It's communicating, 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 communication from the Holy Spirit to us, praise God, that you get the, the idea of it. It's not so important that you quote every word just so. And in the faith movement, which I'm a part of and proud to be, God bless everybody, uh, we got a little weird, I think, in some cases of somebody's confessing their healing and they're, they're, they're making them confess the healing scripture exactly as it's written.
we shouldn't expect anything to change much. It's just going to maintain. Well, there's certain things that are good to maintain. Maintain your health. Maintain your wealth. Maintain some things. Amen. Maintain peace. Maintain joy. But then we can grow at all that too. We can become healthier. We can become wealthier. We can become happier. <laughs> Praise God. Well, what am I going to, what's my contribution going to be without getting into dead works? But what's my contribution going to be to, to, to be a part of the process? Did you know that other than creation, there's never been one miracle that's in the Bible that God did by himself? It's always a cooperation. He would give the command of faith, and men would obey it. Even Mary had to obey what was offered to her by the Spirit, you know. And she said, be it unto me even as it's been spoken. So we have a uh, a, a duty, a job, amen, to... Uh, to um, To hear what the Lord is saying. So I, I figured this out. You know, I didn't figure it out. The Lord, I believe, downloaded it into my heart about how to cooperate with a miracle. And that is, instead of praying, Lord, do it, do it, do it, do it, please do it, please do it, can't you do it, won't you do it, you know, why haven't you done it? Instead of that, why don't we start praying, Lord, what's my part in this miracle? Because I know that I have a part to play. I have a part to play. What should I be confessing about this? What should I be believing? What should I even be praying? What should I be uh, doing about this thing that needs to happen, this great miracle? And because I know that there's no miracle in the... Um, there's no miracle in the... Uh, Bible that he's just done by himself. Now, here's the deal. The seed, these are things that you've heard me say over and over, but it's true still. Just because it's been said before doesn't mean it's any less potent. So the, the thing that is important here is, uh, number one, asking God, what's my part? Is this helping you? Lord, what's my part? I need this money to come through. I need this bill to be paid off. I need this health situation to, to change. I need something to happen. What's my part? Instead of just standing there, beating at the door, do it, do it, do it. Won't you help me? Won't you help me? Oh, won't you help me? Won't you? Oh, won't you help me? Won't you help me? You know, sucking every gnat in the county, thinking that... Prayer with sweat impresses God. If we break a sweat, he'll really know that we're serious. Well, sometimes you break a sweat here in Florida just because you stepped outside. Uh, and you can't, I thought, why would anybody install a sauna in their house here? Just go outside. And you can sauna yourself. But, um, you know, I, I think about, I think about this that, and I have to remind myself, I mean, I, I'm standing in faith for some miracles and some things to happen. Right now, I am. Not only for myself, personally, or for Scarlett and, and me, but also for the church. I'm believing for some things. I want to see some improvements. 
I want a new parking lot. I want some new lighting. I want a lot of things that I want to see happen here. Amen. Upgrade. And we're, we're going to continually upgrade or I'm not, we're not staying here. Amen. <laughs> we're not just going to let it go down the tubes. Praise God. We're going to upgrade and updo and whatever, right? But at the same time, you know, so I'm believing God for some things for the church and, you know, some some um, brick and mortar things, but also, uh, you know, growth and that kind of thing. So I have to ask the Lord, what's my part? What, 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 how do, what, you know, what do I do? And then I listen and I obey. Now, here's an important thing. You're going to see this. The seed for your miracle is already in your life. So sometimes we see this big need, this big, huge mountain, Mount, you know, Mount Hood or something, you know, <laughs> Mount McKinley. We see this big volcanic looking mountain uh, in our way and we think, how am I ever going to, I need, I'm going to have to do some big, mighty, great thing to make this happen. And see, that's the mistake that um, Naaman made. And when the prophet of God said, go dip in Jordan seven times, and, and his servant, Gehazi, who had other problems. But anyway, he said, um, if the prophet would have bid you some great thing, would you have done it? That's the way we think. I've got to do some great big thing to get my great big miracle. But it's already in your life. Remember, Elijah and Elisha asked people, what do you have in the house? What do you have in your hand? What have you left that you can use as a seed? Everything is a seed. It's not, you know, it is financial sometimes, but it's not always financial. Sometimes the seed is obedience. The seed is doing what the Lord's had on your heart to do. Preach! And... Sometimes we say, well, you know, Lord, what, what should I do? And the Lord tells you, and we are the greatest challenge, enemy, enemy. I'm going to say enemy. The greatest enemy to miracles is human reasoning. We talk ourselves out of it. Oh, well, surely it's not that easy. Surely getting rid of leprosy doesn't include dipping in a river seven times. Can he hold his nose? or does he, I don't know. What's the rules? I'm surprised there's not the first church of the River Jordan Dipping Evangelistic Association with rules on how to dip. All right, let's read this real quick. Um, John 2, y'all know the story. And on the third day there was a marriage in the Cana of Galilee and the mother of Jesus was there. And when Jesus was called... Uh, and his disciples to the marriage when they wanted wine. The mother of Jesus said unto them, you can't have wine. It's against our rules. Now, you know, I've often said about this, and it makes people laugh nervously. I said, well, nobody cared about wine on that day because uh, um, Jesus is Jewish, so they don't have a problem. And uh, there's no Pentecostals yet to tell them they're going to hell for it. And thirdly, Mary is Catholic. Who here would argue that Mary's not Catholic? You know, so, all right. 
That's, that's supposed to be a joke. See, everybody, <laughs> I don't know if we should laugh or not. <laughs> um, Jesus said unto her, Woman, what have I to do with thee? It's a little snip, snippy to his mother. Mine hour is not yet come. In other words, I'm not ready to start public ministry here. And she ignored him, which is what mothers do to their sons. Why? Because they have a grudge. They remember the pain of childbirth. So they take it out on their children. All right. The mother said unto the servants, Whatsoever he says unto you, do it. Now there is the secret right there to miracles. And there were sitting there six water pots of stone. This is bad. This is the wash water after the manner of the purifying of the Jews. This is not kosher water here containing two or three firkins apiece. That's, those aren't pickles, firkins. That's the measurement. It's something about the pickles, Brother David. That would be gherkins, not firkins. Okay. Jesus said unto them, fill the water pots with water, and they filled it up to the brim. And he said unto them, draw out now, ooh, from the cleansing water pots, ooh, boy, and bear unto the governor of the feast, and they bore it. And well, they bear it. And when the uh, the ruler of the feast had fasted, sorry, tasted the water that was made wine, and knew not whence it was, but the servants which drew the water knew. Oh, you better believe they knew. They're scared. The guy's going to spit that water out and say, "What are you trying to pull here?" The governor of the feast called for the bridegroom. Uh, you know, we read this and almost think that he's saying this to Jesus, but he's not. He's saying it to the bridegroom. Jesus did the miracle, stood back and let somebody else take the credit. He said unto him, every man, every man at the beginning doth set forth good wine. And when men have well drunk that which is worse, <laughs> then they serve the cheap stuff, you know. The Cherry Ripple, Boone's Farm, you know, whatever, the bad stuff. They, they, that which is worse, they serve that well drunk than that which is worse, because then they don't even know what they're drinking. But thou hast kept the good wine until now. Praise the Lord. This beginning of miracles did Jesus in the Cana of Galilee. You know, and then, you know, denominations and groups get into arguments over whether the wine was fermented or not. You're missing the point! Turn the water into anything! And it's a miracle. It doesn't matter if it's fermented or not. What counts is that he took something that was this and with just action turned it into that. It's so ridiculous to get into these arguments over that. Who cares? What matters is that he turned it into something that at least when they drank it, they said this is the good stuff. So whatever that means, knock yourself out with your argument. I don't care. The point is, in other words, 
This scripture was not put here to have an argument on whether the wine was fermented. It was put here to show the miracle power and glory of God because it says here, this beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana and and, and, and manifested forth His glory. Miracles manifest the glory of God. They're not put there to have a denominational war over fermentation. It's so stupid. I can't even believe it. Well, there's worse arguments that are even more stupid, but this is one of them. The point I want you to see is what Mary said is the secret to receiving a miracle. Whatever he says to do, do it. And Gehazi's words to Naaman, if the prophet would have bid thee do some great thing, would thou not have done it? (laughs) And we so, I think, that deep down inside, we really do kind of want credit for for the miracles because we want to tell what great prayer we prayed or what the fasting program we were on or the whatever. I mean, one thing after another, we want to to uh, take credit for it. Brother Hagen used to get up at meetings and tell about some great thing that would happen. And there was this one woman in particular. She'd get up and grab the microphone if you didn't watch her and say, that's because the intercessors prayed. We prayed that. The intercessors prayed. And I'm thinking, shut up. Praise God the intercessors prayed. But this guy had faith. He's the one that put himself out there. Wonderful that the intercessors prayed. But it's almost like a war, a, a, a tug of war over who gets the credit. And I think there's something inside of us that we really want the credit. Instead of saying, you know what, all I did, I get no credit. All I did was obey what the Spirit of God said. And when I just simply did that, this is what God did. Ah! <laughs> Amen? We, we, we need to watch ourselves that so we got, we get into a tug of war over who gets the credit for the miracle. How about all glory to God? Amen. How about we just praise Jesus for it? Amen. Imagine that. Wouldn't that be a nice day? Yeah. Maybe we could get back to some of that. Yeah. And we sing it, but then we can't do it when it comes time. We want to, well, sister led better. She was led better and she, you know, she prayed and that's how this, why this happened. I mean, one, I heard one woman talk about her pastor like he was some kind of lizard. I mean, she, uh, she was talking about, was talking about miracles back in the day and, and she made fun of her pastor. She said, Oh, we had a little old pastor. And I'm thinking, you old goat. You're, you think you are so fired up and so, Spiritual that you have the audacity to call your pastor my little old pastor. And I'm thinking, I don't, when I looked at some of those people that were at this one conference where they were talking like that, I thought, I don't want any of them in my church. 
or anywhere near me because that is the wrong spirit and it will compete with the authority and try to usurp it. I've seen it happen over and over again. Most church splits start in either one or two departments. Well, it can be a third. But one of them is the music department. That's where it can really go south there. And then um, the prayer department. <laughs> and then uh, the accounting department. Those are the three that usually something blows up, you know. Praise God, we're not having any of that here in Jesus' name. But you know, you gotta have to keep a firm grip on things. To keep, that's another service, isn't it? So here's our goal. I'm gonna finish up with this. Don't worry. You'll beat the Baptist to the cafeteria. One thing they have to make sure they don't run over any protesters. Y'all still here? You gone home? One lady said gone home. I've been at a gone home meeting. Wish I'd have stayed home. Philippians 3. Um, this is our, this is our goal, alright? In fact, look at uh, Philippians 3. Well, praise God. Let's go all the way back to, you know, this is post-dung here. He talks about all the things that he could brag as being done. If you don't know what that means, look it up in the dictionary. You just don't want a lot of it on your shoe when you get in your car. All right. Now, in uh, look at verse... Uh, nine. Uh, and let's put this up in the uh, classic amplified, and we're going to read forward because this is our. I, I'm identifying with Paul here and saying this is my goal for 2024. A little vision casting here that I may actually be found. And known as in him, look at this, not having any self-achieved righteousness that can be called my own. I mean, do you really have the nerve to pray that? That's something else, isn't it? Any self-achieved righteousness. Wow. Based on my obedience to the law's demands. Well, I'll tell you one thing. I'm keeping the law, everything that I can do. Well, yippee for you. I don't want to be in your boat. I want this boat. Ritualistic uprightness and a supposed right standing with God thus acquired. But possessing that genuine righteousness. I want the real thing. Right? You know there's a difference in gold and gold tone. Right? Leather and pleather. Uh, possessing that genuine righteousness which comes through faith in Christ, 
the anointed one, the truly, the real deal, right standing with God, which comes from God by saving faith. Next verse. Same trend. For my determined purpose is, this is what I'm saying for 2024, that I may know him, that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly that I may in that same way come to know the power outflowing from his resurrection, which it exerts over believers, and that I may so share his sufferings as to be continually transformed in spirit into his likeness, even to his death, in the hope, next verse, that if possible, I may attain to the spiritual and moral resurrection that lifts me out, whoa, out from among the dead, even while in the body. This is talking about on earth, this is where we're going to be. If you want to stay with the dead, stay with the dead, but I'm going to go with this. There's no half dead in the body of Christ. You're either dead or alive. Keep verse, next verse. Not, this is really good, not that I have now attained this ideal or have already begun made perfect, but I press on to lay hold of and grasp and make my own that for which Christ Jesus, the Messiah, has laid hold of me and made me his own. Now, it says in the King James there, um, about um, the mark of the prize of the high calling. Which verse is that? I can't. 14. 14. No, that's not 14. Oh, I'm in the wrong page. Sorry. That's why I can't see it. I press toward the mark for the prize. Yeah, I press towards the mark. How many are going to press towards the mark? Amen. This year, into the next year, I want, I want, I want to go up. Are you with me? I want everything to be better, nicer, sweeter, more prosperous. It's so easy to just get complacent, isn't it? And just go, well, I'm making it. If I make it to Thursday, I'll be all right. It's just that spirit, that attitude is just so horrible. And people live like that, you know. It's like, what do I mean it'll be all right? It's all right now. It's Thursday. Forget Thursday. It's all right now, according to the Scripture. But I'm I'm pressing for the mark. He said not that I've attained. So in other words, we never stop and go, well, I've arrived. Aren't you glad? Aren't you happy for me? I've arrived. No. I've not arrived. Paul said he hadn't arrived. If he hadn't arrived, I certainly haven't. But I'm pressing. Oh, I'm pressing the Word. I'm pressing the finished work of Christ. I'm pressing everything that's in my inheritance in the Word. This is the year of miracles. I'm declaring it, 2024. It's the year of miracles, the year of pressing towards the mark of the prize, the high calling in Jesus Christ. 
and that my life will exemplify His glory in all that I do. Shandaliar. Praise the Lord. Amen. How many's with me? How many saying the same thing? You know, and you know, if we don't, if we don't say it and we don't act it and we don't obey it, it won't happen. Somebody said, well, grace is, you know, we know what works looks like, but grace is, uh, laying in a hammock and it's like, well, okay, there's a rest there, but that word rest means like a building rests on a foundation. It's not resting like laziness, like do nothing. That's grace. Well, you do nothing long enough and you'll have the fruit of that. So we're not doing dead works to get righteousness. We have righteousness through Christ. But now we're launching from that place of righteousness and we are resting on the foundation of the Word of God. And there's our rest. We don't walk around this building every time we come before we open the door and say, let's check the foundation, make sure the thing's going to stand up for the next three hours. No, the foundation was checked when the building was built, praise God. And they, they put piles down in the earth and, and so forth. Amen? And so we rest on the foundation that was laid. But then we build up the edifice. Amen? How many are going to let the Holy Spirit this year and the Word build you as never before? You know, you could just decide. This is going to be a banner year, a great time. We're going to see God do great things in the land of the living. (laughs) Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I'll pray now for you that are watching. Are we back online or we've been online for a while? Uh, sorry, we had an interruption. We have some weather here and I think it knocked the transformer for a second or whatever. And we had a flash and lost our line for you. So uh, we apologize for that, but we do live in Florida. <laughs> if you don't like the weather, stick around. It'll change, you know. So um, I'm going to, if you're still online with us, joining us, I'm going to pray now for you here in the congregation. We'll pray for you there. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for your healing power today and that uh, we always offer ministry and prayer for the sick. In Jesus' name, if you've got a place on your body or suffering, put your hand where you're suffering. Jesus will touch you there. In Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord, for your healing touch right now. I command blind eyes to open, deaf ears to unstop, lame legs to walk, cancers and tumors and growths to go away, any system or or functioning in the body that is, is not acting right, I command it to line up with the Word, line up with the finished work of Jesus, line up with healing. He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. By His stripes we are healed today in Jesus' name. Lord, those that have financial need and material need at this time near Christmas, I thank You for providing for them. I thank You for showing Yourself strong. I thank You for income and money and checks and blessings 
and refunds and cancellations of debt and things that would be a blessing to come to those who are believing and who are standing in faith. Lord, we thank you for those who have um, mental health needs and we thank you for touching their mind, touching their soul, uh, and even uh, leading them to get the help that they need in Jesus' name. We give you glory and honor and praise for these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. When I stepped up to preach today, I had a a, a song come to me, um, and we're not going to sing it, but I'll tell you about it. You know, you, it's uh, we've done it before. Keith Moore song, "Ain't Gonna Be Sick No More," "No More Bondage." That's the name of the song. "No More Bondage." "Ain't Gonna Be Sick No More." "Ain't Gonna Be Broke No More." <laughs> this is Mississippi language here, but it works. You know. Ain't going to be sick no more. Ain't going to be broke no more. (laughs) I'm not going to be bound no more by anything. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. No more bondage, but glorious liberty. Amen.